and welcome to KaneCast, a podcast that provides commentary on the economy and financial markets by the Kane Anderson Rudnick Investment Management Team. Hello, this is Jordan Greenhouse, Managing Director with Kane Anderson Rudnick. And with me today, I have Julie Kudasov, Portfolio Manager and Senior Research Analyst of the Kane Anderson Rudnick Small Mid-Cap Core Portfolio. Julie, first and foremost, thank you for the time today. Hello, Jordan. Happy to be here. Julie, the third quarter of 22 saw continued levels of heightened volatility, especially when we moved into the September months. Can you discuss some of the key drivers that drove these returns? Yes. Equities experienced a high level of volatility in the third quarter, particularly following the Federal Reserve's interest rate increase in mid-September and Chairman Powell's comments pointing to a longer-than-anticipated period of economic tightening. Now, expected to last longer, inflationary pressures are forcing the Fed to raise interest rates more aggressively, and investors are increasingly concerned that with the economy already showing signs of weakness, the Fed's ability to rein in inflation may be limited. Slowing economic growth usually leads investors to focus on quality, solid balance sheets, earnings stability, strong returns on capital, and sustainable secular growth. This flight to quality was reflected in the Russell 2500 benchmark's third quarter's performance, which was driven by names with higher earnings quality, stronger balance sheets, and higher returns on equity. At the same time, inflationary dynamics continued to drive out performance of commodity plays, such as energy companies. The benchmark's energy holdings were up over 6% for the quarter and nearly 33% year-to-date. A headwind for us, with our structurally underweight position in the energy sector, no energy holdings currently, due to the segment's inherent capital intensity and direct commodity exposures, things that we shy away from as investors in high-quality companies. Julie, our listeners always like to hear some stock examples. Can you walk us through a few names that detracted most from the performance during the quarter, as well as some of the key contributors during the quarter? Scott's miracle Grow company, Tick SMG, was our weakest performer this quarter. Other detractors were Cooper Companies, Ticker COO, Bright Horizons Family Solutions, Ticker BFAM, Teradyne, Ticker TR, and Zebra Technologies, Ticker ZBRA. Scott's miracle Grow is a leading manufacturer and distributor of lawn and garden products. The company's brands include Scott's, miracle Grow, Roundup, and Ortho. And brands are important, as most people make only one soil or wheat killer purchase a year, and at a relatively low price point are willing to pay a little extra for a well-known brand. As such, brand strength translates directly into pricing power, which is particularly vital in the current inflationary environment. Shares lagged following the company's reports of worse-than-expected operating results and further reduction in annual outlook due to a lower-than-anticipated level of order replenishment by retailers who are struggling with rising costs and slow-moving inventory of durable goods. Importantly, retailer inventories of Scott's products aren't high. They know that the company can deliver quickly, which we believe bodes well for the next spring's planting season. Most importantly, retailers remain committed to the lawn and garden category and Scott's brands, and the company has not seen consumers trade down to private label despite a dramatically widened pricing gap. At the same time, cannabis oversupply issues 
continued to weigh on the performance of Hawthorne, the company's hydroponics division, as cannabis growers had pulled back their investment, reducing demand for Hawthorne's products. Importantly, management is moving aggressively to reduce Hawthorne's staff and supply chain footprint with the goal of restoring the segment's profitability. While disappointed, we view these issues as temporary and continue to believe that Scott's solid market positioning was enhanced further during the pandemic, which drove increased consumer engagement in lawn and gardening projects. We also believe that long-term demand for these products is supported by a generational cycle of millennial household formation. Demand for cannabis growing inputs and equipment should also continue to develop, driven by expanded state legalization. Our strongest performing stock was LPL Financial Holdings, ticker LPLA. Other top contributors included Aspen Technology, ticker AZPN, Interactive Brokers Group, ticker IBKR, Watsco, ticker WSO, and Linux International, ticker LII. LPL provides independent financial advisors and financial institutions with technology, research, clearing and compliance services, and practice management programs they need to create and grow their practices. The company has been the leading independent broker-dealer for multiple decades, having established a strong reputation with both advisors and customers. Through a combination of consistent investment in technology and services, as well as strategic acquisitions, LPL has built a robust servicing platform in the independent advisor space. The company is able to work with an advisor in any manner they prefer. From our perspective, this flexibility, coupled with a long-standing industry reputation and solid technology platform, makes LPL an ideal landing spot for advisors looking to leave large warehouses. As a result, LPL has enjoyed an above-market organic growth and superb advisor retention rates. Shares perform strongly, supported by the company's reports of solid organic growth despite market volatility. LPL continues to benefit from the rising interest rate environment and execute well, both in terms of attracting new and retaining existing advisors. Lastly, Julie, as we move into the fourth quarter of 2022, what are some of the key considerations you and the team are evaluating from a portfolio perspective? COVID-19 has proven to be an unpredictable enemy, as evidenced by its multiple variants and recent case resurgence in China, so it will remain a wild card, at least in the near term. Slowing economic growth is most concerning, however, particularly as it is taking place against the backdrop of significant inflationary pressures, further exacerbated by a great deal of turmoil and uncertainty on the geopolitical front. For strategies with minimal exposure to Russia and Ukraine, such as this one, the crisis should continue to have little direct impact. Secondary effects could be quite meaningful, however. While some easing on the inflationary front is to be expected, Inflation is still running at its fastest pace in years, driving up gas and food prices, putting pressure on consumer spending, the key driver of the U.S. economy, and on businesses, with companies unable to offset dramatic input cost increases with high prices. Financial conditions have tightened considerably, with further interest rate increases expected, but again, these are taking place against the backdrop of a slowing economy. While the environment remains both challenging and uncertain, we believe that we are well positioned. 
as we discussed, an economic slowdown usually leads investors to focus on high-quality companies. As I mentioned, we shy away from capital intensity and direct commodity exposure, and in our view, our company's leading market positioning provides them with solid pricing power, including the ability to pass through input cost increases to their customers. We see companies that are strong free cash flow generators, self-funding entities that do not rely on external capital for growth. For them, a less accommodative rate environment tends to serve as a tailwind from a competitive standpoint. Additionally, in our experience, our company's financial strength allows them to hold more inventory on hand, which is important during periods of supply chain disruptions that are likely to persist this year. We believe that every crisis also presents an opportunity. In fact, one of our favorite ways of new idea generation is looking for better protected businesses in segments under pressure. As always, our focus is on differentiated businesses, self-funding entities producing solid returns on capital from strong balance sheets, a set of characteristics which we believe is highly relevant in this uncertain macroeconomic and geopolitical environment. Julie, as always, thank you very much for the time and the insights you provide our listeners. Have a great day. Thanks, Jordan. You have just listened to Canecast, hosted by Jordan Greenhouse. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. For more of our investing insights, head over to our website, www.kane.com. Canecast is the official podcast series of Kane Anderson Rednick Investment Management. This material is provided as a matter of general information and is not intended to be relied upon as a forecast or research. The opinions expressed herein are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the opinions of CAR or its affiliates, are current as of the date and time of the recording, and are subject to change at any time due to changes in market or economic conditions. The information and opinions contained in this material are derived from proprietary and non-proprietary sources deemed by CAR to be reliable and are not necessarily all-inclusive. CAR does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of this information. This communication should not be construed as an offer or solicitation to purchase or sell any security. Individuals should consult with a qualified financial professional before making any investment decisions. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the listener. To the extent any performance is discussed, past performance is not indicative of future results.